Welcome back to the third floor. This is a backyard edition done um, just below where we are, about three levels um, and a little like 20, 30 feet to the south end for sure. Um, <clears throat> this was recorded uh, sometime in June. It was a Saturday for sure. Uh, leave it up to your, you know imaginations uh, I'm with my my good buddy Ryan uh, we have a great conversation we talk a lot about baseball uh, longevity for the pod I guess and uh, we just ha we just have a really good conversation and um, we tell a really good story so prepare for the greatest underdog story of the millennia Dude, I don't know how to do these intros. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Third Floor Podcast here with myself, Ryan, and Luke. I'm Luke. The host with the most. I'm Luke. He passed me the ball, and I was open for three, so that's why I handled the intro here on a wonderful afternoon here underneath the third floor. On Saturday, June 26th, 27th. Yeah. We'll yeah. call it the 26th or the 27th. It's June. <laughs> it's June. It's June. We're almost halfway done with the year. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's absurd. We're already halfway through the year. Sign me up for Christmas. Let's go. Yeah, dude. We can use Christmas right I now. can't wait for things. Oh. November and December are some of the best back-to-back -back months you're going to get because of <laughs> Thanksgiving and Christmas. And Christmas. People love Halloween, so like some people really right, go Right, you could even start it there yeah. as far back as the but end of like October. For me... November and December, I gain about 20 pounds on average. Mm -hmm. And then lose it all, right? But, um, are, you my, are you a Halloween guy? It's funny you I say that. I am You're petrified yeah. of Halloween. I hate every second of Halloween. Yeah, you I haven't don't... dressed up since fifth grade when I was Elvis Presley. Uh, and that was the last costume. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you weren't a, a big Halloween guy. But Thanksgiving, I actually don't love Thanksgiving. No, I... I'm not against it. You know? <laughs> I, I don't hate it, but um, the food is not my style. I, dude, turkey to me is dry. See, like I've that's been a serious. I like discussion. a turkey sandwich with some mayo on it and stuff, but turkey is dry. I that's, believe it's been a serious discussion at uh, the household that I go to. I go over to my grandmother's for Thanksgiving, and she's really mm. been like turkey. Turkey's a staple, obviously, of Thanksgiving, but like. She's been really trying to do away with it quietly and just add, like, more meals. It's like sweet potato, the, the, the stuffing. Some ham. I, that's yeah. what I basically have a plate of ham and string beans. Nice. Like, or, or whatever vegetable there is. Like, But um, not a huge fan. I actually want to drop – this was an issue. That cat riding the bicycle over there. Okay. The pinwheel. Yeah. I heard the. I listened to our episode. I just heard it the whole time, spinning no in way. the wind. Yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. I'm, I'm literally just gonna drop it to the ground. So I'll tell you what's happening here. Luke is heading over to drop the cat on the ground. It is a fake cat that rides a fake bicycle. He's showcasing it as if he was Vanna White. I can't say what's <laughs> happening now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the tripod. And now he's throwing the tripod. <laughs> Audio only! <laughs> okay. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. You're just making more work for yourself editing-wise at this right, point. Right, <laughs> right, right. No, I actually will probably just leave that. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even care. Um, so let's break out into right where we left off last time. And let's hear it from the starting pitcher himself. How did Hawthorne, as a 16 seed, the absolute underdog, a counted-out team, a ragabag bunch of kids, beat the number one seed, Newton, back in 2017? I believe 17 or 16. That's when we graduated. When did I go to school? When school? <laughs> when school for me? When was I a freshman? <laughs> um, yeah, so like that game was easily the best baseball game I've ever been a part of. That's for me, that's my probably favorite sports memory. And I like football more than baseball, but that was the best game of anything. Yeah, it was it you knew I've, I've always said this, and I've kept it to myself, kind of, because obviously, like, how often are you going to bring up a baseball game of high school that right. happened three years ago? But I've always thought this when it comes to that game. We were meant to do something that season because we kept losing. I mean, I think I remember with three games to go, uh, our head coach goes to us and goes, you guys basically have to win out and we're going to make it. Then we lost that game. Then he goes, yeah. we still have a chance. you got to win out. Then we lost that we game. We literally lost two out of the three <laughs> yeah. that we needed to win. Yeah, supposedly needed to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. And then we get into the last one, and he goes, all right, I'm not even going to say it at this point. Just go out. <laughs> and we won. We made it in as the 16 seed. So you knew at that point that something was up. I think our record was 10 and 11. Yeah, we, right. we were right around 500. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we head into that Newton game, and we – I'm I'm really glad the the team motto that we had that game. It wasn't like said, but it was felt between everybody. It was like, let's go and have some fun. We got to drive an hour to go play a baseball game that we're the 16 seed in. Mm-hmm. It's like like odds are we'll get. Smoked. That's true. There was something in the air, like a totally relaxed feeling. We weren't coached in. Have us freaking out like this is the moment we you know we yeah. we have to be absolutely perfect if we want to beat the one seed which we weren't oh no not which at all. I was not <laughs> I, I, but um I'll I'll tell that in it no you know what I'll tell it now yeah hundred so, percent so what happened was we had like an hour long ride up we actually got out of school a little bit early and a bunch of us fell asleep in the bus I always slept in the bus um even if it was a ten minute ride I'd get a little <laughs> nap before the game. Um, so asleep on the bus, I wear contacts and something happened when I woke up. It just wasn't in the right spot. It wasn't in the right spot. And then me and Jack are having a pass out in the outfield pregame, you know, before we even do the warm ups, and it's gone. My left contact <laughs> is just gone. And you know, I'm not going to call my parents weren't even coming to the game anyways. And it's an hour away. They weren't going to drive up a left contact, whatever. <laughs> so I... I just uh, try and practice and see if I can do it. And um, I even told Coach before the game or whatever. But most of all, I told Alex, if a ball is popped up to me, <laughs> call me off. I can't see out of my left eye. Yeah, that is the shorting, starting shortstop, by the way. The uh, whole, right, third. right. I should. I, I'm at third base. <laughs> I should probably mention that. Yeah, I was at third base. Alex is at short. Who do we have at second? Danny? Dino Dan. Dino Dan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jovan. Jovan. At first. Holy, yeah. What a ragabag bunch of kids. Dude. That was and thrown together. Jovan was a freshman. Yeah. But go, well go back though. to your story. Played right. very well. Anyways. um, 
this didn't be this wasn't a problem for me all game. I actually made a couple plays. I didn't have a lot of plays to me and we had a really good connection when you pitched. Not we. We had a good thing going where you would say, Luke, there's a grounder about to be hit to you. An absolute pisser <laughs> is going to come your way right now. Be ready. And I might take a step back or whatever. But Ryan could u- usually know, especially around the second time in the lineup or something, like that he could pitch a ground ball to me. And uh, So anyway, I, I was doing okay for, for the most part of the game. And then in the sixth inning, we're up. 4-1 at this point? Yeah, it was 4-1, I think. Unbelievable. We can't... We're, <laughs> like, clinging on to everything. We literally can't even believe we're in this moment. We're up 4-1. Uh, kid gets on first. Do you remember how? Uh, yeah, so that inning, if I can uh, pull LeBron James here and remember every play. Everything? Are you uh, those guys? I'm going to try, okay. try my best here. Because it was around... The kid that got on was the sixth hitter. Because I remember I was facing him towards the bottom of the order, and he was the only one that could hit, if I remember correctly. He he actually had a good day on you. I think yeah, I remember that, too. He, he, he was on, on base a couple times. I'm pretty sure he got on all three times. And you pitched, you pitched basically like a three or four hitter that game. No, I didn't. A, no? A nine hitter. What? A nine hitter. How the hell? <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll get into that, too. Okay, but, okay. Uh, but, yeah, so first guy gets on, he gets a base hit. Then I believe a pass ball gets him to second, and then a grounder to Dino Dan. So it's on third. That kid is on third? Uh, no, not the kid that got... The kid that popped it up did it with a runner on third. First, he was on first. No, no, he was on first. Or, no, he, he went to second. And then... he got... He got... He went home. He got he home scored. on that play. He got... He scored. So, yeah, so the seventh hitter then hit the pop-up. Because he was the one who scored. It was right after. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So, it was yeah. the next hitter. So, so on that pop-up, the runner... For, it was first and third. The runner from third scored. He came all the way around and scored, and that kid who had the pop-up went to second. Uh, yes. And the reason that that was so stressful, obviously, like the, the <laughs> sixth inning up three runs against, against the, one, the seed. one seed, clinging to everything. And what what happened on my end was this ball just shot up. It wasn't. I don't even think it was crazy high. But don't don't but, kid yourself. Yeah, it was, it a, was a decent was pop-up. It was really a good one. Um. And it was, I didn't even have to move an inch. It was directly to my position. And I think I have it. You know, I'm looking up in the air, you know, maybe closing one eye, literally blocking the zone of my glove, trying to, and um, I'm directly under it. Flurry did not call me off, of course, because he's not good at his job. He doesn't know how to listen. He's got, he's got temperament issues, whatever. Yeah. I just know by saying this, Flurry always listens. He's going to come back to me and be like, you have to use But um, um, the ball came right to me, hit my palm in my glove, and dropped right out. Mm-hmm. And they and it just rolled in front of me, and the kid scored home. How did he? Because he threw it to second. Was there two outs? He just ran. I think there's he, two outs. Yeah, and he kept running, but you threw it to second, uh, and then you threw it away. And then he kept coming around. Because I remember Jack had to throw it in. Oh, that's how he went around. Like the pop, the pop fly didn't go uh, crazy off your glove. Mm-hmm. You went no, yeah, to second pop- base and you threw it past. Oh, okay. Tried to catch him coming back to the base or something while he was coming around. He oh, was- I see. I see. To, to let someone do the tag. Yeah. How do I not remember this at all? Probably because I couldn't see. Yeah, literally I couldn't, see. I couldn't see. But um. <laughs> You know, and then and then what else happened, Ryan? How did, that's what happened with me. 
but what else happened in this game? Uh, so, like, honestly, to to uh, to continue on the fact of, you know, feeling something within the air, that first inning we go there as the away team, we put up three runs in that first inning. Right, right, right. And that kind of set the tone, because when you have a bunch of kids who are the one seed, and especially as talented as Newton was, full respect to that squad, mm-hmm. they're thinking, all right, they're going to lay down for us, we're going to mosey on in, and that's going to be simple. It wasn't. From the get-go, we... From jump, <laughs> and it was like our first three hitters. Like, yeah. Hit shots, Desmond, yeah. Yep, and we and we let them know that, like, all right, listen, like, we may not be here for all seven innings, <laughs> but for this first one, you're going to gonna have to play. And to play they did, and thankfully enough, you know, it was one of those things where that day, it was the perfect point where my mindset of pitching worked well, I guess, with everybody else's mindset for the game. My mindset of pitching was always, you know, go out there, do a job. I've, I've thrown the ball over the plate 18 billion times in my career. Nothing changes depending on who's on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it was. There was no, there's no pressure. It's a high school baseball game. I know, I know there's bigger things in life besides a high school baseball game, and right. uh, I treated it as such. And it was, it was cool to go inning by inning, and it was fun because the moment that stands out for me the most, uh, where I knew. I was I was going about everything the right way in that game was when Joe Vaughn was playing first base. He he went to me in the sixth inning, you know, after all that crazy stuff happened, after the inning he goes, Like, you still calm, you still good? And I was like, Yeah. Like, dude, I'm just pitching a game. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing crazy. You didn't feel the sixteen one in that moment. No. You, you had a very, very special way, Ryan, actually at that age, um I mean pitchers in general are temperamental. You look at the MLB, but at that age I was very I, – I commended you a lot because you, you sat at the end. When you pitched, you sat at the end. I knew – and we talk all the time during the games. <laughs> yeah. Just bullshit. But um, I knew not to go by you. You're in your own zone. You're watching the game. You're, but, but you did things in a way that were very professional at a young age, and I think that's what probably helped you so much because you did that all season. Yeah. You didn't just do that for the 16-verse-1 game did that all season so then it was simple to do it in um in in the 16 one but i wanted to get back to the nine hitter thing yeah. i don't fully remember that they uh, were on base every inning or something uh yeah if i if i'm not mistaken i the headline read uh or the the first the first uh, sentence of the article read Ryan, Hawthorne pitcher Ryan uh stretches across nine hits scatters around nine hits a complete game win Wow. Yeah, the final score wound up being four to three. Uh, Do you remember where these hits were? Were they just getting it like short? The sixth, the sixth inning, was? the sixth inning was bad. That was a few hits. I don't think right. I, I don't think I walked a person. No, I don't think you did. Uh, All season. Yeah, yeah I might have not. <laughs> uh, and like it was crazy because as those hits got scattered, uh, going back to kind of what Jovan was telling me when we got into the seventh inning, was he goes just another game, and I go. Just another game. He said that as we walked out for the seventh inning. And I was like, okay, I now know he's not worried. Mm-hmm. I now know and that. And he's our, a freshman. That was a freshman in that instance to start that game. That's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure for the kid. But I knew in that seventh inning when he walked out to me and goes, just another game. And I was like, just another game, Jovan. Mm-hmm. I was like, perfect. And one thing you're not even mentioning is that the first base spot was actually you. Jo- yeah. The only reason Jovan was playing was, was because Ryan was pitching. 
So yeah. so he really had to step into us. And he, he actually played well all game. I remember Dino. Everyone for the other than me. No, you played well too. Listen, you don't beat <laughs> you don't beat the one seed as the sixteen seed and not have a complete yeah. team effort. Screw the players on the field. Team. Everybody there from the bench, from people who didn't play, were loud as can be the entire time. Because mm-hmm. they brought a fan section. Right. They brought a serious fan section. We had some, but it was just a couple parents. It was a couple stuff. parents. Yeah. I told my parents not to come. Yeah, it was 16 verse 1. I didn't tell them. I didn't want them to whopped. come for an hour to get us <laughs> to watch us get whopped. Exactly. <laughs> but it was so cool. The, the, the feel of everything was so fun. And I owe it to everyone else because... The team made that atmosphere different from the get-go. We thought it was the coolest thing that we got out of school early to take BP while kids were in yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While kids were in uh, school, still in classes. Yeah, we got thought to it was the coolest the thing. So yeah. immediately right there, we were like, okay, this is like a cool day to begin mm-hmm. with. So the, the Just morale- be happy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, we might lose. Let's still, you know, make the best of it. And, and that's what I think is so cool, and that's why I love uh, what I do at the college level tying it back to you know how i broadcast and stuff like that getting to know all the i say kids but people my age who play Mm -hmm. on those teams because those moments you make with those teammates high school college a lot of those kids won't make it to the pros Mm -hmm. or even college or even college yeah Yeah, yeah. so like a lot of those memories that they have in the high school level is the their sports memories of their playing Mm -hmm. career so it's the coolest thing that we were able to create a moment like that that a really special a really special really moment special. And I'll always remember yeah. yeah and the coolest it was the coolest thing and even worse I had to go to Moravian that next day and go register for classes for oh yeah accepted students day so I missed all of the cool things of any teacher or person oh, who oh hanging out in school after yep. yeah because I uh, we did that on a Tuesday I came I missed school on a Wednesday came back Thursday not a word I was like ah. not a word no one cared about Ryan <laughs> and I was like ah I missed it missed it by a day but to me like you said I, I uh, the way I carried myself I really didn't care I'm mm-hmm. not one to talk about it uh, it was cool obviously and it's something you know where you joke around and you, th- you talk about it uh, like we're doing now it, it really is cool just to remember back to that moment and yeah. I see the bee has made an appearance once oh, again. This bee loves the third floor pod. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in weeks. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but the thing I'm going to ask you more so about that day, because it was a cool was a cool day, was a cool feel. My favorite moment, obviously, like I said to you, besides winning, that that's winning the game obviously was takes the, the cake. But my cool, my favorite moment was that little conversation I had with Joe Bond. But what was yours? You know, a day that, like you said, you, you talked about the joke of the error. But what was your moment where everybody had their little moment that they definitely could remember that they enjoyed? So, yeah, um, for me, the whole game, like like you said, I guess to, to pretext a little how we were talking about how you're kind of a professional all season, mm-hmm. I was also just kind of like a hype type of guy, you know? Yep. I and, and I was never, ever a guy to, like, come down on teammates or anything like that. I was always – I was I, w- I feel like I was a good guy in the clubhouse. 100%. You know? 100%. And, and um, for me, I never liked being, like, a weakness or anything like that because I wanted to just just work for the team, whatever. And, and I felt like I was in a tough spot all game. Like, I actually felt like I couldn't really talk to coach, like, like – 
just with the contact out, like, that's a pretty big fuck-up, Luke. You know, you can't see. This is the playoffs. You saw all season, and now now you can't. So I definitely felt, and I even, I don't, I think I got on base once, but I couldn't get ahead. I mean, it was just too hard. But I, I believe I struck out once, and it was because I literally couldn't see shit. And then the other time, I just hit a, a, a shitty grounder. So I felt like in a tough spot, but I kept the feeling alive with the team because that's the type of kid I was. I definitely was in a bad, because like I wished I could have done more in that game. Mm-hmm. But the, um, I actually kind of, you know, there was of course that moment when we all rushed the mound at the end of the game, but it's a little weird because we're at Newton. Um, but, you know, a 16 seed will never beat a one seed at home. It doesn't work that no. way. <laughs> so um, it had to be there. And that was special, but when I really remember was everyone was mostly loaded on the bus, and I wasn't. I was still there. Maybe there was two two or three other kids and coach or something out. And um, I was just, like, looking around back at the field, and all the parents were still kind of talking. They actually had, although we had headed back to the bus, they hadn't fully like tied up. They were just like, holy shit still. <laughs> and I, I looked at them. I looked at the other team. I think they were kneeling, um, and the coach was still talking to them while we were leaving. Yeah, because that was their end of season That was the end speech. of their season. So, you know, like the coach, obviously. And, and, um, and I just like remember looking around before I got in the bus, and I was like, this was really something like this. It was, that was my moment, I guess. Yeah. You know, because uh, like uh, the whole game, I was dealing with my own shit, so it only took till after when I could really respect the the moment. Actually, yeah. and so that's, that was that was it for me. And that's and that's like like we were saying, it's that's the best part about it. You know, the, to have that aspect where you can sit there. You turned around before you got on the bus. That's very movie like, honestly. I know, I know, I, and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it, but it was. It wasn't. I no, was no. Like, I get you. I get you. <laughs> and that's and that's what I think is the coolest thing. And and I'm sure there's a, a bunch of other kids who have so many different high school memories. I mean, you have people who are thousand point scorers in high school uh, that go to college and they struggle, but they're gonna remember their thousand point high school career that night. Like, that yeah, the night that they got it, threat. surrounded by all your friends. Because, like, mm-hmm. in, in high school, it's cool, like, because it's your hometown friends. It's people you grew up with all this time that you have have developed these relationships with. So, mm-hmm. like, that's why it was so cool how these are people. We won that game at our high school, mm-hmm. and it was just such a great feel growing up with all those kids playing summer ball with all you guys. Yeah. And yeah, was, a couple, I mean, obviously, like, Javon, freshman and stuff like yeah. that. So we didn't know, but, but the, the core group was mostly, like, me, you, Jack, Alex, Desmond, too. But we played with Desmond, Desmond at least all through high school. Colin played with and, us. And Colin, yeah. I'm, Hunter was on that team. Hunter, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to keep missing people because it was really the guys that we played with our whole lives, against and yeah. stuff. So it's cool. Sports are special, and they give you those moments. But let's talk about how sports are coming back. Um, and baseball, specifically, have you heard a lot of the, the new innuendos and rules that they're putting together? Yeah, um, I, I can't say what's right, what's wrong, uh, in the sense in the sense of the rule set. All I know is that people got to be careful. I mean, you saw golf, the PGA Tour, certain people withdrew because they knew they were close to the person who tested positive. Mm-hmm. So they withdrew from the event to keep everybody else safe. And obviously to keep their family safe uh, right. as well. 
and that's really what everybody's been doing. Uh, PGA Tour's done all right. Uh, the Premier League's been fine so far since their resumption. Well, I mean, backing away from COVID, though. Forget COVID. Like, no, no, but I'm saying in the rule sense. Mm-hmm. In, and that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I can't talk about the disease. I don't, I don't know anything about it. I, I'm just saying in rule sense, the way they're kind of keeping everybody in a bubble. Right. For, la- for lack of a better word. That's no, what that's, I think. That's a good way to put that's it. That's what I think uh, MLB is trying to do, and I think it's. I think it has a recipe to work. And honestly, for some of the players that don't want to play because you know they have their family to worry about and stuff like that, obviously, still completely understandable. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a weird season. This season will go down in history, whether the MLB wants it to or not. Oh, it <laughs> will be. It is so strange. So, do you know exactly how they they have it set up now? Because I, I do know. I believe it's testing once every. No, not the testing. See, that's what I mean. Not cold. Oh. I mean, like, the amount of games, oh, who 60. they're playing, ah. and everything. You're good. I think uh, Some moth flew into me. Uh, yeah, 60 games. Uh, they're only playing, like, kind of their coast, right? So what they're going to do, and this is why the Mets are fucked. <laughs> like, um, it's going to be 60 games, 40 games, right in your conference. So we'll play 40 times the... Braves, Nationals, Marlins, and... Phillies. Phillies, which is a dirty conference. Ten games each against those teams? Ten games each, and now guess uh, what? Oh, word. The remaining 20 games? Okay. So we're the NL East? Yeah. To make it interconference, we're going to play the AL East oh. for 20 games. Gosh. The Yankees, the, the Red Sox, Sox the, <laughs> the Rays, the Blue Jays. And I will even go out on a limb and say the Orioles are a tough game. It's hard. It's weird for the Mets easily. No, honestly, <laughs> that is a young and talented team. I don't want to get into it too much. <laughs> Trust me, they just suck at pitching, which obviously is a mm, huge aspect. That's, yeah. But they have, I believe his name is Hansel Alberto. So good. He hit above three hundred, I believe. Uh, Anthony the Phillies S- are real young too and good. Yeah, exactly. They so, actually weren't they looking at maybe this being a really good year for them. There's a lot of teams that are playing with an, a lot of confidence or, or planning to go into the season with a lot of confidence. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at 60 games, like, you have Yeah, to when think... I first heard 60, I thought, oh, Mets might just win this whole thing. Exactly. We, 60 games is exactly when we do good. And then it's two <laughs> weeks before the All-Star break and we fall apart. Exactly. Literally. That's why I, that's exactly what a lot of teams are going to go in thought process-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a Marlins fan, you're thinking, we always suck. That's that's what you're thinking, but in 60 games you catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You go on a quick 15 uh, game span of 10 and five. And now you're leading the league. And just like that, you you, you start your season 10 and five ahead of the division. Yeah. That, so like it's it, it opens up for so many different teams to possibly make a mark in this shortened season. Yeah. It's strange. It's strange. Any it's really like anyone's game. Yeah. Even though it doesn't seem like it, but you don't need. 162 games worth of pitching anymore. You don't need... Actually, the the baseball analytic guys are probably having a field day trying to figure out exactly what the best way to run a team now is for 60 games versus the same people. But, you know, there's... Now you can really almost build your team to defeat your conference, too. Yeah, right? You're, you're, because you're that's division. 40 of the games. If you can own your division... Of course, this isn't an every year thing, so you're not going to yeah. make a team by design. But, but uh, it totally changes everything. And baseball is all about every single statistic, and how they can use it in their favor. And you can throw all that out the window from last year or from all the years before. Yeah. Because this is totally unprecedented. Yep. 
it's it pretty is, cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's an interesting. I thing. I actually like it. I actually kind of like it. It might even be. Might even be like. A change for the future with baseball with a shortened season. I could see it if if people really like it. Maybe not sixty games next year, but maybe not one hundred sixty-two. Yeah, it's it gives you that first look, and I remember they said this on PTI. It gives you that first look where they're like, "What does a shortened season look like?" I think the biggest problem is is baseball is trying too hard to change the game instead of to make it more appealing for the viewer instead of fine-tuning what they already have. Mm-hmm. In the sense of, like, athletes that are kind of like the poster boys for leagues. Lamar Jackson. You see Lamar Jackson, you see a Ravens game on television, you're watching. That kid it's is exciting. That kid is exciting. That kid right. is absurdly talented. <laughs> mm-hmm. You want to watch. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout in Los Angeles, best baseball player in the world, without a shadow of a doubt right now. Mm-hmm. If he gets a TV game, it's 10 o'clock. East Coast people can't watch him. <laughs> you need to, like, LA people are not going to be upset if there's a 4 o'clock baseball game so the East Coast gets Mike Trout and at 7 they're o'clock. They're probably not, in LA, probably not even going to the game. Most most show up, like, if you watch a Dodgers game, Dodgers, yeah, most yeah, show I mean, up by the third inning. Fourth, yeah, yeah, third, yeah. Fourth they don't inning. come right away because yeah. of the start. So, like, that's the thing. Like, obviously, Angels fans are a bit more baseball fans. Dodgers are, like, the celebrity team. It of really LA. is, yeah. And that's yeah. not that's not poo-pooing the diehard Dodger fans because there are people who love that team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's more of like a they're they fit in kind of like the Lakers, like like a Lakers, like a New York Knicks, in the sense of like you go to that game because you want to go to Madison Square Garden. To the Garden. Dodgers, yeah. yeah, yeah you want to go see yeah. the Knicks. You don't want to. Whereas see... they're more basebally for the um, for the Angels, yeah, for the Angels, and and you could say the same thing like right in L.A. There, like the Lakers are the Dodgers, and then the Clippers are more like the Angels. Yeah, they've always you know the, I mean? the Clippers have always needed good basketball to get people to come. Exactly. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And it's it it stinks obviously like when you have like the luxury of New York, which is so different from LA, is the luxury of New York is everybody's a, an actual fan. Most most New York Yankee fans that you call like the front runnery kind are not from New York. Mhm. You find somebody in New York who's a Yankees fan that- 9 out of 10 times. Or I, honestly, I go on a limb. I'll say ten out of ten times. I I would agree with you <laughs> totally. Yeah, I think I think the Yankee fans in Jersey give Yankee fans a bad look, but but for the most part, up at most part, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, up in the city, you know, you see a guy with a Yankee hat. If you say some bullshit to him, he'll probably drop some stats on your on your dome right there. Yeah, and like, oh, I went I went to the playoffs ninety six. How dare you? you know yeah, exactly, and. It's cool in the sense of, like, even when you take a cab, uh, you could talk to a guy. Like, they always joke about it in movies, how, like, the cab guy talks about the Yankees or talks about the Mets. I listen to it on the radio. It's really not, like, a joke. I feel mm-hmm. like most cabs that I'm in have Yankee baseball, Mets baseball on there. On the radio, maybe yeah. even a lot of these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, that's what is so cool uh, about, about all the, the different city cities. As opposed to L.A. Yeah. And L.A. is more of, like... It's, you know, almost like an offshoot of Hollywood. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? So, it's literally. That's why it's not so much everyone's thinking sports there. It's just not like that. Yeah. yeah. I Don't get me wrong. If I had 
wonderful weather all the time oh, and a I'd beach love right there. To live in LA, if yeah. I had wonderful weather and a beach all the time, sports wouldn't be mine. I mean, thought <laughs> process too. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, actually, so you definitely, I would think you'd know more than me about the whole cheating scandal too in baseball. Like this going back to the Astros. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I don't know I do know about the Astros, what happened with the Astros. I've seen that stuff. But I've seen other names connected to it, like like Boston and actually the Yankees, whatever. Do you know anything about that? Yankees is like newer stuff. I feel like they're just kind of throwing names in mm-hmm. there. Um, Boston I knew because Alex Cora. Uh, he did a totally separate thing with like some someone. Uh, what's the what's the Apple Watch called? Is there a name? I wanted to call it. It's an Apple Watch. It is called it's Apple Watch. I-Watch Dude, I wanted whatever. to say iWatch so badly and it just didn't sound <laughs> right at all. Uh, but he did something with, watch, with the watch, with yeah. the watch. Uh, uh, where, oh, where it got like buzzes or it was, something. It was so something. I, I, I didn't really know the ins and outs of the Red Sox scandal. Obviously, the the Astros one was what was on TV every single day on ESPN. What so, is like, so more. weird about that they don't talk about is that I mean I guess they do because I've heard it somewhere, but um, it's not heavily talked about. Is that apparently the MLB was told. You know, like before the before the playoffs, before the whatever, that the Astros were doing this, and there was proof, there was receipts, there were pitchers around the league complaining for over a year that they they knew the Astros were doing something. It's it's interesting uh, if that is the case. I, I didn't hear much about that actually. No. Uh, it's interesting if that's the case. A lot of pitchers were were apparently li- had literally sent reports. Not a lot, I don't know, but I remember hearing two or three names. Of course, I can't remember them now. This is a while back yeah, already. I, you know, the whole scandal is over with at this point. But I have a question for you then to to kind of tie it into like the new season that's coming around, and you know, uh, talking about that that scandal, uh, the cheating scandal. Question for you: Do you think now those players are actually going to struggle, or do you think a guy like Jose Altuve, former batting champion, do you think he's still going to hit three hundred? Uh, 300? Yeah, I bet you Jose Altuve hits 300 without that. The thing is, it, it actually, um, it's a huge help. Let's not oh, let's not get anything twisted. If if a changeup is coming and you know it's coming, dangers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that. It's a huge difference. But um, at the same time, and this is almost like the discussion, the same discussion you could talk about with steroids the same time the guy still got to hit the ball yep you know yep and then that's the thing like which was just so crazy like they're super talented that new guy that they got i i love Jordan alvarez mm-hmm. is literally Jordan. that's unbelievable name. unbelievable that what guy, position first uh he plays the outfield uh but he dh's more often than not dude i've never seen a smoother swing in like somebody in in the people that are playing now there's somebody that has just such an effortless swing and hits nukes. Yeah. Dude, he hit a ball. Dude, exit velocity is like a, the newest thing, and every kid's got it. Oh, my God. Every kid. That's that's the thing I hate the most about baseball, I will honestly say, is it's not so much in other sports. Like That's why I love watching football, because people dissect the play. They mm-hmm. don't dissect the pass rush numbers. They don't yeah, dissect. the statistics. Like People was, yeah. love to dig into the statistics. Like I remember I saw a, uh, a post on Derek Jeter 
because uh, I believe it was his birthday a few days ago, or something like that. Where he okay, I didn't uh, see anything. And he said they the post said like happy birthday to one of the if it was his birthday I really don't know but oh no I was talking about how he's like one of the greatest shortstops of all time because he's like number one in almost every offensive category right uh, and somebody goes like also shout out to the worst defensive shortstop of all time and I was like dude. And then somebody goes like, well, yeah, his W-E-R-E, and like, I was oh like... Oh my god, his W-SOP yeah, is, is lower <laughs> compared to all the other... And I was like, stop throwing letters at me. <laughs> Tell me, watch a play, watch a game. Derek Jeter diving into stands with bloody noses, making oh, plays. Dude, I, I did love Derek. Dude is not the worst fielding shortstop of all time. Don't give me numbers, don't give and me they will. watch a game. I've seen, I have seen those threads. The Derek Cheater is a whatever, is a wash. The, yeah, you know, like, like whatever, he's a product of the Yankees or something. <laughs> and then they show WSOP, RBAT, HTML. Dude, I can't stand it. I read a step. There's this Mets fan account that I followed that I unfollowed very quickly after I got into this discussion with him because he said batting average is an important stat. Well, it's not, Ryan. And I was like, it goes like, how could something that judges a home run and a single be a valuable stat, as, as the same thing be a valuable stat? And I was like, oh, he got on base. <laughs> so, therefore, it's the same stat. Yeah. And I was like, I just can't fathom. He hit the ball, got a hit. I don't care if it's a bloop. I don't care if it's he hit the ball, nobody touched it, he got the first base, second base, oh, or third base. base. Right. And I was like, how can you not? Something that counts for the triple crown isn't a valuable stat? And I was like, is the Triple Crown going to be uh, W? Changed to W Sop. <laughs> and that's the same one I keep saying. So. And that might even be for pitchers, actually. Yeah, honestly, the biggest thing. <laughs> I don't that, know. I, big, I don't know either. All the times I see these things, and I have to literally Google like, <laughs> like that acronym to figure out what the hell it even means. And that's the thing that bugs me the most is like, that's why sports is so hard uh to enjoy sometimes because like 90 percent of these sports shows that you watch or listen to are like well yeah but he hits he hits 42 of his last 97 with runners in scoring position and i'm like i don't know why i just gave you this accent in the retelling of the story but well what? that guy no who's the guy with the one um no uh i literally i Kirkjian, maybe? Did I sound like somebody? No, Tim Kirkjian doesn't sound like No, that. no. Who's the guy that's got, like, kind of a nasally voice? Like people older? people, people do make fun of Tim Kirkjian's voice because it cracks all the time. Like, oh, people yeah. Do, like, people do those impressions. Um, I love but, Tim Kirkjian, by he, the way. The, like, literally, before the game, there's this one guy who always comes up and, and it's like, so here, you know, it's, it's Tuesday, May 4th. The uh, Braves are playing the um, Orioles. In the last... Ten games where the Braves played in the Orioles on a Wednesday, and, and the sun set to the to the northwest. The Orioles have the edge. Like, it's like so. Expect a big one out of the Orioles. And it's, it's like, like oh, what, the sun. Dude? What are you talking? None of the players were paying attention to the the day of the week or what. Uh, it's so ridiculous. It, it um, is. It is a shame to to. The numbers are so focused on where, like, it's so much more enjoyable to go and watch a game. Mm. So much more enjoyable. Like, if people sat there and watched a game and didn't... Like, I remember going to a game last year where... Well, I miss going to the ballpark. Dude. Oh, amen. I can't wait to go back to the ballpark, man. That's... Yeah. Uh, I don't know when, though. I, who knows when, but I... It's luxury of, you know, being able to go to it before. You can kind of think back to it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I was thinking back to one of the moments where it was the Mets run that they were making last year for that little bit. Uh, I went to a game against the Nationals where Luis Guillorme hit a home run. And, like, obviously, statistical analysis guys were probably chomping at the bit. It's like, what are you putting a Luis Guillorme for? Like, guy hits 086. And like, rightfully so. Got no hits. Like, yeah, rightfully yeah. so. Luis Guillorme was having a terrible season. But he hits home run. Puts the stats right out the window. Yeah, forget it. And it's like, just put the guy in the situation and see what happens. What feels most comfortable. You yeah, know you, a right against know lefty. your guys. At, at some point, there's still people. They're not just numbers. Exactly. And, and Yeah, exactly. They're not They're not just numbers. So you. Some guys have bad days. Some guys have bad weeks. Some guys have slumps. Some guys walk into the clubhouse and you know they're about to have a good night. Yep. Okay? It, it's, it's all depending on the person and maybe also the numbers are dictated by that and they dictate each other whatever mm-hmm. you you can keep playing that back and forth but at the end of the day it's just a game yeah and 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 a game is played by the people not by the numbers exactly and i think that's like what ties back to what we were saying in the high school aspect mm-hmm. even as small of a high school game as that was like we still treated it as like a big moment which was which was fun and like obviously every day getting up to play in the major leagues i'm sure they treat it as mm-hmm. uh, a big deal but you know those special moments where you enter a situation and you know it's going to be a good day or it's going to be a bad day you know that when you're playing peewee ball uh especially you actually know it more when you're younger because when you're right. younger you you're don't just do trying to have fun yeah and, yeah. Like, and if you don't want to do it you're going to be like this is going to be a terrible day <laughs> well you know i remember thinking this this is um so weird like, I was never the kid to cry after a strikeout or anything like that, even at the, the youngest age. And it's plain and simple because I didn't, my my parents, there was no one putting pressure on me to go get a hit. Yep. Okay? And so if a kid strikes out and there's no one telling him that striking out is bad or good, whatever, or how they did it is bad, they're just going to go into the their dugout and talk to their friends, you know? Yeah. But, but there's a lot of pressure built up by the coaches and a lot of daddy coaches and stuff like that, and that's what drives a lot of kids crazy, Yeah, no, I think, yeah. and make them so temperamental. And then that goes all the way, and it sticks with them all the way till they're grown up. And you see get, uh, Bryce Harper likes to <laughs> act like, you know, a 14-year-old kid sometimes out on the field I think I'm just not a huge fan no no it, uh, I, but... well I am I actually respect <laughs> this game quite a bit kid hit, kid is so good <laughs> at a young age but um, but I, I don't like watching baseball and seeing them freak out because they're obsessed with the numbers with the this is bad this is good and, and it's just a game yeah and like that's that's when people you can see how different people play the game like Ken Griffey Jr. They, they had a little MLB Network, the show, on him. And, like, it's so cool to see the way people approach it. He goes, I approach the game for the love of the game. It's the only reason I played. That dude mm-hmm. had the biggest grin on his face 99% of the time. I play, whenever I play yeah, wiffle yeah, ball. I, could, I could just, I, the only way I can picture Griffey is with a smile on the field. Exactly. Actually. Whenever I play wiffle ball, I swing lefty and always pretend I'm Ken Griffey Jr., because, I mean, I put it to shame because I'm the least coordinated lefty human oh, being in the Ryan world. Will, <laughs> Ryan will never give himself credit, but there is no one on the face of the earth that plays wiffle ball better than Ryan. Okay? And he's the best wiffle ball pitcher you will find this side of the Mississippi. Well, dude. You are 
different with the wiffle ball in your hand. You you pitching for wiffle ball blows that 16 versus one game out of the water. That stupid nine hitter. What a shit pitched game. But when you're pitching wiffle ball, no one is even touching it. And uh, I can thank that to. Uh, I can attribute that to two things. One, uh, not wanting to go outside with friends. Okay. Um, because because I didn't want to go outside with friends, I went outside for about 30 minutes a day and threw wiffle balls at a mm-hmm. chair. And let me tell you, that's the only reason I'm disgusting. You're hard work and determination. Dude, it that's was 100% re- repetition of wiffle ball. <laughs> of wiffle ball. And it's it's so sad. But I, I owe it to YouTube videos as well. That's where you got the curves. Dude, I watched that. this kid throw, throw some dirty pitches, Ryan. I watched this dude throw knuckleballs. For like five days, <laughs> I rewatched the same video, and I was like, I just don't understand how he does it, like the rotation of that, you know, the arm, and like I was like writing down notes, and I was like, why is my my wolf ball not breaking the same <laughs> way as his? And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw it. I'm just gonna yeah. add it. <laughs> I'm just gonna add a knuckleball to my repertoire of wiffle ball pitches. Dude, that's so funny. <laughs> how good you are, freaking wiffle ball. Um, and and going, I guess. I ask you this because using YouTube, you have so many stats that come with YouTube. And obviously we've done it. We've both attempted it before and we're both running through it right now, especially with the podcast and you have different numbers on the iTunes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious for you. I have a question for you. And, it, and I'm curious how a lot of other younger content creators may feel. When you post a new video... Would you rather have on a new video 150 views and a viewer retention, say this runs for an hour for argument's sake, a viewer retention of five minutes? Or would you rather have 20 views with a viewer retention of 45 minutes? So, um, definitely the second one. Definitely that, to, to just plainly answer your question. But I'm really glad you actually asked something like that because, um... I guess what I want here mm-hmm. is longevity and, and something that I can and shape as I go and, and roll with the punches and, and make it better every episode, however however that works. And that's part of the reason I'm not marketing. I'm not I don't have a social media for the podcast. I don't because for me in certain ways, actually, you could go buy them. You could actually go buy views. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, literally. Um, in certain ways, and I could get real people to listen for something, and, and I could clip up moments and, and do different things, and I will, and these things will come. But I want a slow gain. I really do want, you know, one or two subscribers a day makes me very happy. If I got 100 subscribers, Ryan, tomorrow on YouTube... I'd freak the fuck out and I'd be super nervous to do my next episode. 100%. So that's that's kind of why I don't I have no interest in blowing this thing up. Okay? I want it to be the 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 trickle. I want, you know, someone to say, "Oh, I I like this shit. Listen to it." Maybe a week or two. Maybe they don't like it and forget it. Maybe they like it enough to tell their friends and then that's that's over a month, that's seven kids. You know what I'm saying? who liked it and three who didn't like whatever um but I'm not obsessed with I'm not obsessed with having everyone in the world see my face right now yeah that's not the point 
that is definitely not the point. I want it to be something, actually, lo like, for longevity reasons. I'm working at the diner now. I don't know what I'll be doing in a year. I don't know. Uh, I Hopefully, I'll be doing some, some uh, stand-up comedy again when, when that's allowed to mm -hmm. happen and shit. But, um, but if I build this now, nice and slow and real, I'll be able to do other things and then just come back to this super easily. It'll be, it'll be very, whereas if I build a show for the thousands of followers that just came in yesterday and I build a show for them, I'm now kind of stuck to that thing, right? Because they came for that in that moment. But if people slowly trickle in, they're like, I like what this kid's doing here and, and I want to see more. I don't know what more is, but but if you pull like to pull people in by the thousands, it's got to be check out the, the, the third floor podcast. We got this, this and this and it's epic for this amount of time. And that's why you should watch and it'll convince a bunch of people. But then now I'll have to put out that product that a similar product every time and I don't want to be tied to that I guess yeah and going off that I think I think that thought process is a good one because if you have obviously neither of us in, in the any young content creator or any beginner content creator is not going to be upset if they see a thousand subscribers in their inbox the next day and, right. I, and I know it's and not I know a that's, bad thing yeah yes. and I know that's not what you meant but the thing I will say that is so interesting is when you get a thousand new subscribers the big push makes you think okay what is the new content I want to focus on when you have the tinier subscribe the subscription numbers it makes you think of the content more in the sense of you've posted what 14 this, of these no this uh, podcast will be number 11 number 11 yeah so which you... is awesome dude I don't care that I'm so proud 11 like you know I was so nervous about the first one and here I am we're just rolling but go on no and but that's but that's exactly what you want people to feel the just rolling aspect of it all mm -hmm. you have posted 11 when you have the tiny additions to the subscription uh, it's a subscription box. So say like this month, you end this month with 10 new subscribers. You have those 10 people who came on throughout the month because of the newest podcast. They know what the upload schedule is going to be like. They've seen it in past weeks. But they're not going to be worried about what's next. They're going to wait. What they are going to watch, though, is the old videos. Right. A thousand people come on. The quick push is, okay, what's this guy going to do next? I enjoyed this video. What's he going to do next? And so, like, that's what's so hard. Because there was a guy I watched on YouTube. I've never felt... I, I don't know what happened to him. I literally don't. Uh, his name was Red Kimon on YouTube. Dude, let me tell you. The best content I've ever seen in terms of GTA. <laughs> the best content I've ever funny seen. Funny stuff. Yeah. Not even funny. No? It was genuinely the most impressive, well-thought-out original content I can give anybody credit for in the entirety really? of GTA. I, there's a lot you can do in GTA, so I can I only saying, imagine what you're kind of referring to. It was, it was stunts and tricks on bikes and stuff like that. Did it. He had four and a half million subscribers from nine videos. Wow. Nine videos. How long are these videos? They're, some were like ten minutes of tricks, some were four minutes of tricks. Wow. Everything dude. he did was 
was perfect. And I can't stress it enough, but I don't know what happened to the guy. I don't. Or the guy or girl. Maybe that was just him. Maybe that's all he wanted to do. Yeah, and honestly, it's... You can have people on YouTube. You could search up his name and see, you know, do some research on him. I, I was just enamored with him, or mm. him or her. I, I, yeah, it. I'd actually be interested to watch, to watch some of those. I used to like a lot of GTA content. And it just shows the, the pressure. A lot of guys, like, it's funny how I watched an old Vanoss Gaming video. Oh, I see what, you're, what you mean. He was posting this. And he was, what, at a couple hundred subscribers or something like that? And then he shot up. And so then by the time he got to his seventh, eighth episode, all of a sudden there's millions of subscribers And, and think about the pressure right. for that. Especially when he only so have... much thought into it before. Like, now it's like, okay, am I doing the right thing again? Is this next video going to be the one that they, Exactly. You know... And especially think about it when you have nine videos. People who subscribe through the triple, uh, triple trickle-down effect aren't going to go back and watch the same video 15 times mm -hmm. when you only have three videos posted. And and the next video needs to hit. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, whereas like if, I, if the trickle thing, if there's 200 videos on my YouTube and the next one sucks, get over it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, there's, there's plenty more behind and there will be more the next day. You know what I mean? But when you're doing probably multiple weeks into one video... That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of pressure. And it's it's crazy. That like, you're putting on yourself for, well, I guess not for no reason, but yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, like, the way people look at it in the sense of, I watch an old Vanoss Gaming video where, you know how, like, people in YouTube comments or Instagram comments always get pissed off when somebody uh, talks about themselves? Like, oh, check me out. Oh, check this out. Right. And, and honestly, I can't get mad at people when they do that. You got to try your best. If what to promote yourself? To promote, prom promote yourself. It's something I'm. I've already had a weird. Even just telling people what other applications you can get us on, like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, <laughs> but I even that much, like writing it down. I was like, I'm gonna say this. Like, it's super, whoa. super weird, and it's crazy because like you watch those people. I was on Fortnite yesterday. Oh wait, look to turn to tie back the video, the Vanos gaming video. You had a dude that had three hundred thousand subscribers. His Black Ops 2 emblem was subscribed to my YouTube. Yeah. So, like, even then, a guy who has 25 million subscribers now was self-promoting himself through an emblem in a COD game. And that's, like, too much for me. In I don't the, like guys like that. But personally. in the end, in the end, the, the whole point of it that I was, that I was trying to make is yeah. the route to get people to watch is so different. You can take so many different mm -hmm. ones. And that's the beauty of content creation. You can have a guy who self-promotes himself and then makes it because the, the content that he's self-promoting is that freaking is good. Is that good, yeah. And exactly like Van Oss was. He had 300K, now he's 25 million. Mm -hmm. And he's making his own music now, not even focusing on really? video games. I yeah. Know. He's doing a lot of great stuff. Good for him, yeah, yeah. Exactly, and like you have those guys where... I liked him at one point. And, and, and in your aspect, there's a lot of people who are piling through. Ali is a perfect example of it. <laughs> Ali, I know, I know Ali is like a meme, but... The guy posted. Yo! <laughs> four, four years he posted, he said. Four years of consistent uploads. It took him to get to a million subscribers. Wow. Four years. Mm -hmm. that but is, then, and it's weird because, and so that's the trickle down, really. He was the trickle down, 100%. Four years, that's a good example of it because then once you're there and, and, and then once you get a million, it's almost like a lot easier to get that second million. 
Oh, 100%. Right, you know, yep. that, that second million just kind of comes right in because now you have the pedigree, like, a million people subscribe to him? There's something here, you know? Before even seeing a video, even though YouTube is a lot of 14-year-old kids or whatever, so... Dude, you know, but the last thing that you have to worry about is, like, depending on what kind of content you post. So, like, obviously for you, you had to go to iTunes and say, like, this is for a mature audience. Explicit, audiences. right. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. like, obviously our podcast... <laughs> The ones that me and you do are not really not fitting exactly that. exactly explicit at any, all. Any, I, maybe we curse ones, or yeah. I do. I don't even think you do because <laughs> you're more professional than me. But uh, Anybody can listen to, like, the stuff that we do, and that's what's so rough, too, is, like, uh, YouTube now with their addition to YouTube Kids, you mm. now have to specify whether your video is made for kids or not when you publish the video. Do you have to do that? That's I actually meant to ask you that. I was hoping after I did it for one and saved it that it would every video every single after you post you have to go to YouTube studio and say not for kids yeah because oh my god the reason you have to do that is because it's a legitimate law now because of the whole uh the hacking of YouTube kids it's literally a joke though because it's like kids if they want to watch something they're gonna watch it it's literally a joke in but, my eyes. But you have to have it because of... You have to, Because yes, of what happened with uh, the hacking of YouTube kids, like I was saying. With no, the, I remember With that, that scary image that, that kept coming really up. That was a really weird thing. Yeah, and like, image. kids are watching Peppa Pig and then have that come up. Yeah, like that, you and, and they like told them, like, kill your parents, kill yourself, and whatever. Like, and it, was, like, it was very, very bad. That was, that was the most I've ever seen YouTube on the back foot, mm -hmm. where they were like... How do we stop this? How that, yeah. What videos is it in? This is in our whole section. It's not in just random videos throughout YouTube where you can like kind of brush it off. Mm -hmm. This is literally the section that's been affected by this, and like that's and that's why you have to do it on every single video. Not in the sense of you're gonna have a pop up like that, but in the sense of like they need to know now. Yeah. Like this video, we're gonna look at it. Can a kid watch this? Mm -hmm. And if you deem it no, put no. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you have to be careful with uh, posting on YouTube, iTunes. I don't know if they have the, the same deal with that. No, I think uh, as and especially for podcasts in general, I feel like podcasts are mostly, if not explicit, just not generally for kids. Most kids don't, can't yeah. have the attention span to exactly. focus. I know. I and I'll say this, speaking for myself as a kid, I could not have listened to somebody talk for an hour. Mm -hmm. I could have played video Dude, games for two years ago I thought podcasts were so stupid <laughs> and then I listened to like actually what happened was I started working outside a lot that summer for the DPW and popped my ear pods in I got I was sick of eight hours a day listening to the same music actually and I tried you know I do add new music and stuff but I was like let me try something else and um and I was just ripping two three Joe Rogan podcasts a day, <laughs> and then I branched out to other things. But I fell in love with it because podcasts are really cool in the sense that if it's a good one, or at least what I'm going for here, not every second's great. You don't have to be absolutely locked in to listen or watch a podcast. Not every second's great. So you could play video games. You could be working. You could be working out you could be doing a million things and be listening to a podcast and then and, and i know this because i do it myself like i'm working out on the bench or something like that and um i just kind of miss something but what they're talking about i'm really interested in so then i'll pull it back 30 seconds and i'll actually be locked in for a minute or two 
and now I'll be li- like my mind's not wandering and I come back to the podcast but you can leave it while it's still on your mind can be away from it while it's still going and it, they're, they're it's a totally different type of media that's you know not all media in the past whether you look at TV or it's supposed to be good shit for a short amount of time keep the monkeys happy and dancing you know like the people watching just happy the whole time and make it loud so that people respond well to loud shit like you know they they try to run the numbers on the best way to make a sitcom make whatever and um and podcasts just totally slash all that in half because it's just two dudes talking in my backyard yeah it's 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 a whole different breed of content creation mm-hmm. where you almost can't compare it to anything else Mm-hmm. You can't. You make a gaming video. The for... closest thing would be radio, but radio is still like TV in the sense where they need to fit as much good shit as they can in between the ads or something. Dude, you know what I mean? If you leave a second of dead air on a radio broadcast, people are clicking off. Mm-hmm. You leave a second of dead air on a podcast, people are like, all right. Whatever. They might not <laughs> be paying. You can leave like <laughs> 10 seconds. I mean, that's what I... From listening to my podcast... um already like that moment where i pulled up the pinwheel i already in my head don't think i'm editing that out (laughs) if it's stupid enough i will but i don't because podcasts it's also like when you make a cut like that now there's a disruptance in the continuing continuity of the the episode and now that catches the eye catches the eye of a viewer more than me actually doing that when you're listening to a podcast like if there's a cut in the audio or something like that, just a little quick thing, I always catch it. If I'm listening to someone else's mind, I always catch it and I'm like, what happened there? You know, what, what what's going on there? But with the podcast, if someone walks away for five seconds and they even say like, oh, I got to do this, whatever. I'm like, no problem, man. <laughs> it's like I'm hanging out with them. Like, yeah. yeah, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah, dude, go up. You know, so I don't think things like that are an issue at all and actually are almost more authentic in the thing because it's really we're just sitting in my backyard yeah this isn't a show show in the sense nope i've yeah. attempted to do a show show mm-hmm. uh well attempted i do it every time i broadcast yeah and it is uh it obviously is a different feel i try my best though that's the one thing i feel like a lot more sports broadcasters can do or maybe that's just something i think i could bring to the table that's different than a lot of other people is an authentic feel. Like, I I love the best sports broadcasting, or I think the best sports broadcasting is when somebody can make you feel like they're just having a conversation with you. Gary, Gary Keith, and Ron, the guys who do the Mets broadcasts, yeah, they're, they're are one of the best in the league, actually. And we're not just saying that as Mets fans, they're yeah. really good at that. They're literally like you are sitting there in the booth as a fourth guy bsing with them about the game Mm -hmm. and that's the feel that i think attracts so many viewers let me ask you so kind of as we talk about how you do you basically do a show when you go broadcast how hard is it for you to be you because you know what you have to say and stuff you have to especially as a guy who does play-by-play instead of color of course you're going to be yourself you gotta be yeah um but but play-by-play do you feel like Ryan sneaks out in moments, or you're Ryan the whole time doing play-by-play? 
So this is going to be like a, a deeper answer mm-hmm. than no, you, no, no, you would have expected. Uh, but it works both ways. Short answer, no, I don't, I don't feel like it's a struggle to get myself in broadcasting because of this exact thing. I suck sometimes at being myself. So why would I suck at being somebody else? If I'm going to suck at broadcasting, I'm going to suck as Ryan at broadcasting. That's just the way it goes. I'm not going to go down trying to be a professional version of myself. Trying to do an imitation yeah, of uh, what you, your mind is made up as the perfect uh, play-by-play guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not, not in a million years am I going to go. That's a, that's a really smart thing, Ryan. <laughs> like, fail as you. You know what yeah, I if, mean? Exactly. If I go down as a sports broadcaster, if my career ends because I'm not good enough to continue, I want to go down as me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going down as the imitation that my mind has put on. And that's also more closure, too, right? In the, in the, in the, because say you do something that's almost not you. It's almost like a made-up version of you. Yeah, like get too excited at something. Or like get too excited all the time. And mm-hmm. people are like, why is this guy constantly screaming? Or even if some people <laughs> like that you're always screaming, now you always have to do that. And that's not you, right? No. That's the made-up you for this thing. And, and and a lot, I mean, that's half of the freaking the news, the morning news. These people are like, I, sometimes I think about the morning news, I'm like, how do you, the hell do you do it? You're <laughs> not yourself at all. I mean, you're totally you because you're dressed your way and stuff like that, and, and you're still a person, but they're just reading off a prompter you know, turning when when the producer says turn your body, it's it's all so scripted. It's like I I don't I it feels so fake. Yeah, like I, and it's not to cut you off, but it, it that's what's so hard for a lot of people who you know want to be on television. A lot of people love that. A lot of people just love being the person that delivers you the news. Just being on TV, they don't yeah. like even. The news, they don't even care about what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, they're just so happy that they're in front of the screen because to them, they made it. And honestly, to those people, kudos. Good for you. I remember when I... I, I mean, not that I'm so grown up more than you, but, <laughs> but there was a time in my life where I thats I was pretty young, but where... And, and I'm talking shit about the morning show now, but there was a point in my life where I wanted to be that person, actually. That was one of the types of people I wanted to be. and Exactly. exactly. There's nothing wrong with that, but... Um, but that's not you. Exactly. That's and that's where... what we're talking about. And and, and no matter whether it's my podcast or your broadcasting, I think we're on the same page as to like I I don't ever want to feel like I'm selling myself short or out or a hundred percent because that is that's especially when I go around the school. Uh, I said a moment where one of the parents on senior day complimented the way I do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want them to also meet me for the first time for a lot of those parents. So that's what they do when a lot of them listen a lot. They don't go to the school and see me walk around and stuff like that. The thing I love the most is when they meet me and I know for a fact that I'm the same person that you hear. Mm-hmm. And you're not meeting some totally different dude. You're meeting a guy who loves sports, is mentally five years old, <laughs> and just enjoys watching his friends or even the people that I don't know. Go out there and knock them, knock them out each and every week, performing at their best in the college level, the Division three level, and that's what is the coolest thing to me about that job and why it's so easy to be myself. Mm-hmm. Getting to know those people who play, 
and you know some people don't have that luxury as a broadcaster where you can meet the players and get to know them a little bit and hang out with them obviously in a college in atmosphere a small school everything yeah. you probably know most of the team exactly you know, for all the sports a lot of it, some of them don't know my name some of them mm-hmm. know me as commentator guy <laughs> think i care dude i was called fred for an entire summer ball season <laughs> Because they didn't want to learn, they, they, yeah. Because they want to learn my name, <laughs> which is fine. I don't care. They know my face, and they know what I do. But they're calling you Fred. You caught their attention. <laughs> exactly. There's no reason for the team to ever care about the the guy up in the booth. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. But you gave them a reason to at least think about you. Keep them, you know, in, at least in their headspace. And and that's what I find the coolest about being me throughout the broadcasts is and, and in anything anything that i want to do in life or anything that you do i mean we've known each other a good amount of time obviously uh it's always been us you quote unquote it we've i don't think there's ever been a time where i can guarantee or, or i've seen excuse me not guarantee i've seen that you faked who you were and i'd like to think that there's a time where you've looked at me and i faked who no, I was because i, I you're because it's because that's yeah. just not how we roll. We don't want facades. I don't enjoy facades. I literally made a little. Hey, I, yeah, I, yeah. I tried to be fancy. No, that's a good <laughs> word. Um, but like I look at I look I look at certain... even pranks, dude. This is I, I like I feel like this is sounds off topic, but um like prank comedy on YouTube. Nothing wrong with it, dude. Like I actually find the Nelk Boys funny, but. What is that, dude? <laughs> like, what is that? You know what I mean? It's a facade. It's it's a whole made-up thing. You're not being you to pull a prank. It, and and some pranks are so honest and funny and with your family or whatever. There's, I'm not saying pranks are stupid. I'm not like, <laughs> you know. But but some prank, it's all fake. It's all none of this is anything. You yeah, know, ninety percent of it. Like I laugh the hardest, and it, this is gonna make me sound like such a five-year-old again. But like I laugh the hardest at like those AF America's Funniest Home Video pranks mm-hmm. where people put the tape in front of the the That's, door. Oh, and you and get the dog right, to like yeah. even run into it. Yeah, <laughs> when people or dogs like or cats walk into the tape, I piss my pants of laughter. Mm-hmm. I think it's so simple and so funny. Like I don't need this elaborate thought-out thing of a prank i don't watch any prank content i don't i mm-hmm. just don't find it no. enjoyable yeah i don't and, either but once I again once again like you said though teach their own if you love to prank each their content, own. that that that's <laughs> I, always something i want to like stress remember myself too because it's hard sometimes things piss you off and you're like why are people doing that yeah but you like you gotta remember like let people do whatever the fuck they want you it's, know it that's is how I feel. Especially and especially with what they want to watch on YouTube. Right, people are watching it. Yeah, you know, the, like, maybe I think the pranks are stupid, but it's got a lot it's of, got views. A ton of views. It's actually a huge market, and actually, <laughs> there's a million idiots. Not, nah, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that. But there's a million people who are just like, oh, I, I know I can like make some money off YouTube if I just start doing pranks. Yep. Like it, it's a huge market for that. Which yep. is weird, but it, it, listen. But that's that's the luxury of the entirety of YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many different strands of YouTube. Like there's a there was a guy back when Pewds was uh, PewDiePie right. was knocking it out of the park like he always is Ugh. on YouTube. Uh, where I would always look up like oh, top ten most subscribed channels on YouTube, and there would always be this guy Hola Sojaman underneath. What? Him. Uh, I think it's Hola Soy. German or Herman. 
I don't know if it's... I, oh, hi, I'm German. Something <laughs> That's like what that. It is. I yeah, think, yeah. I, yeah, so, like, his channel would always be underneath PewDiePie's. And obviously, I don't... I had never seen any of his content. I, I, I would love to... I, and I clicked on it. Obviously, I didn't understand anything that he was saying. I don't speak more than one language. I'm fairly smart enough to speak the English <laughs> the language. The English language challenges <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, so, but when I watch his content, like, it's something I've never seen on YouTube, obviously, because you're going to get recommended videos that are more around your, uh, what you watch. Yeah, your I just get all gaming and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But I watch his content. Dude, couldn't understand what he said, but I understood what the appeal was. That dude's excitement level was through the roof, and it just radiated. You off. couldn't even understand a word, and you were with him. Right? I was with him, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was so excited about everything. I haven't watched his content in forever. Mm -hmm. I haven't. But for that moment where I looked up who he was and found out who he was, I was enamored. Wow, the Spanish PewDiePie. Hola, he really is. On. He really is. 100%. I'll have to check I wonder him what out. he's at. Actually, actually um, <laughs> before you look it up, we're over an hour here, actually a, a little bit longer than our first one, we're hour 10, and, and I want to call it here. I think an hour is, is a good good session, um, but one thing I've been working on is taglines for an outro. I don't right. know if you have anything to bring, but I just like doing like, okay, this was the third floor, thank you everybody for listening, um, and as always guys, poopy poop fart. Diarrhea mouth, dump on my head. Dump. Dump. Done. <laughs> Done. <laughs>